Roadshow, episode number 293. My name is John Morgan, and Cold Coffee is with me. Can you believe it? We are back <laughs> together again, my friend, live from the greatest country in the world. <laughs> the good old it, it's US still one, It's still one country. As far as we know, it has not fully... F- Dived into a civil war splitting us. Enjoy the United <laughs> States while they're still united well, they're still for united. now. <laughs> now, nah, man, it's, we are uh, we're here at the Casa de Cold Coffee here in Las Vegas, sitting down on a on a on a record-setting warm Thursday afternoon. I believe the that's what they said. Young lady said at the uh, the uh, at the weather nice report. Blonde weather the meteorologist. meteorologist. Yeah, she said it was three. record-setting. It's warm. We're we're in the first week in November, but uh, still kind of feels like. I wouldn't say summer, but you know, late summer maybe, early it's fall. Eighty-two it's, degrees right now. That's nice, man. That's nice. Eighty-two Fahrenheit, and for you that use that other system, twenty-eight. Not bad for Thursday evening on the first week in November. It's crazy though, because now that it's getting the end of the year, like the timing is throwing me off because it's it's getting really dark outside. Yeah, and it it, it feels like at. Five o'clock. It should not be anywhere this dark. Yeah, we just had the time change. It's about five p.m. as we're sitting down together. Together, by the way, for the first time since September seventeenth, bro. Wow. Episode number two eighty. Has it been that long? Yes, that was the last time we sat down and did an episode together. That's how long it's been. Wow. How crazy is that, man? A lot of shits happened. A lot of shit is happening. And, of course, we're just talking about MMA, really. Uh, It's it's all we're talking about when we talk about everything that's happened. Uh, First of all, let's give a shout-out to uh, our man Jay Gargiulo. He's the uh, the one that's providing the frosty beverages this evening. And we've had a few of them already as I slur over that. But thank you, Jay Gargiulo. Got a little bit of a little bit of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a award-winning Paps Blue Ribbon as well. Just you know, that's how you do it. Just hey, when you haven't been together for for seven weeks, you and gotta you're go together, big. You gotta go big. It's funny. I was online chatting with the I, I, with some uh, guys I play an online game with, and they're all like, they're like, "What's your what's your drink of choice?" And everybody's throwing out all these like super super expensive sounding things. I didn't really double check, so I assumed they were expensive. Maybe they weren't all that expensive. But they're like, so what's your choice? I was like, give me a JMO and a PBR, and I'm good to go. And they're just like, PBR. Wait. What's PBR? I said it's award-winning. <laughs> Go look it up. <laughs> just left it because a lot of these dudes that uh, I do online game with, they're all around the world. Are just like nine-year-olds playing Fortnite or something? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I was like, hey, kid, it's not Kool-Aid. Step off. Go ask your mom. <laughs> oh man, too funny. Yeah, no, it's been a while, man. It's so it's good to be that's back crazy. together, man. I know it's 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 crazy. And and by the way, should give a big shout out to uh, to Oscar Willis from the Mac Live, man. He he spent a lot of time. Uh, over the last, you know, couple months or so, uh, dedicating his time and volunteering his time uh, to to help out with the podcast. So definitely appreciate yes, him. Yes, thank you, Oscar, for stopping uh, your jet ski excursions. <laughs> yeah, and, he, had, uh, he had to cut into his, his jet ski into time. His jet ski time. You know, the stills time. Is that the right? Is that the still, right? Still, stills time. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that, Oscar. <laughs> they they helped us out in Abu Dhabi. They they shortened the happy hour. It used to be all day happy hour, and they trimmed down the happy hour. That's why we weren't there quite as much as we. How did that help you out? Because I wouldn't stay there and buy full uh, beers. Yeah, we would go back to the room and like drink there. It didn't really help anything at all. <laughs> it just changed our location, basically. It's what it changed. That's so funny. They're like, how can we get rid of this dude? Or we're literally going to see him in a booth for five 
or six. How 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 many weeks was it? Five weeks. Five weeks. They're like, if we don't shorten it, he's going to be in that booth for five weeks straight, 12 hours a day. Yeah, we still were there for five weeks straight, just not 12 hours a day. <laughs> just not 12 hours a day. Uh, how, long, how long would you say you clocked in? Uh, I mean, it's great. It's, I know it's where you guys worked from because internet was bad or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. how long would you say that you were in those? Yeah, a solid three to four hours a day. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty solid. <laughs> a solid three to four hours a day. <laughs> That's solid. We didn't do too bad, and uh, the 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 the, uh, the alcohol that we brought over there got used up very quickly. So uh, when we go back, which I'm assuming we'll go back in February, we're just gonna uh, up the up the imports. Did they? Was it? Uh, did you bring from the states, or did they have a uh, duty free there? No, no, I brought from the states. I bought a I bought a couple of one seven fives of Tito's. I need I need another one seven five. What's at a one seven five? Is that like a half gallon? Uh, I think so. The one point the the, the, the big jug looking big thing. jug handle. Oh, yeah, Lord. I brought two of those of vodka. You have you never bring a fucking luggage. You brought a luggage probably I had just to. to I had to check in just to bring vodka. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, it's like twelve dollars a beer there, man. You can't. You like that's, that's so ridiculous. That's crazy. That's so ridiculous. Fight Island. See, I would have the excuse that I always bring an extra luggage. You literally brought luggage just so you could bring jugs uh-huh. of vodka. Uh-huh. <laughs> no shame in that. No shame. No shame. And we put it to good use as well. Uh, all right. By the way, all right. you know what? I wasn't I wasn't going to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up now. So you're talking about Fight Island, right? That's the bubble for the UFC. I'm watching right now. Bellator's on. I'm watching the main card of Bellator. They're at the fight sphere, right? That's their bubble. We're going back to the 2300 arena for Cage Fury Fighting Championships. 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's going to ho- it hosted our show in uh, August. It hosted our show last month in October. It's hosting our show this month in November. So it's kind of our little bubble, right? We were going there over and over. Mm-hmm. How about this? You got Fight Island. You got the Fight Sphere. Okay, okay. I'm going to call 2300 Arena the Philly Shell, like the famous boxing defense. The uh, Philly Shell. Okay, okay, you know okay, what I mean? Okay, okay, I'll let you. You know, at this point, I was uh, going to let that marinate, but I could see you, it, no, it wasn't no, registering I mean, with you at all. Okay, well, you well like, pardon <laughs> me. I was thinking, I was thinking, <laughs> Philadelphia might be burned down here in a little bit. Oh well, that's a good you point. You know, Pennsylvania might not be on the map here or in a little bit. I might need a passport to get to Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's <laughs> here it. in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we are the country of Pennsylvania. <laughs> we talk like this for some reason. Doesn't sound like a single person in Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, this is because the new ones, all the new Pennsylvania immigrants that would be coming into what the country. Would that, would that be crazy if it was like all of a sudden like we split and we had like President Joe Biden led one country and President Donald Trump led another? Good Lord. When you heard the stories of like, uh, or at least when you read the history books of when the Civil War, when the, when the, the states were literally divided. And you're like, bro, what was so wrong with them that they couldn't figure it out? I'm like, or just like, just imagine, like, you know, I'm sure that was just crazy, crazy. And that was when they just had like some fucking long rifles and some cannons <laughs> and stuff. The damage that people could do now. But just not that, please, please, we joke, yeah, sir, we sir, joke sir, about sir. this being a, a very, very stupid stuff between just two guys having drinks. But it's just crazy to see it it's, so divided. But when you hear people say that, and, you know, I saw somebody the other day, an, econ- right an now, economic man. advisor talking about the same sort of thing of that, like the market was playing itself out, that it, it made sense that to split the economy into two different economies and blah, blah, blah. I was like, what the are fuck you are serious? you drinking? I don't know what this dude was just fucking saying, but at the point I was just all I could focus on the fact was that in his mind the world was so divided in what was happening. Uh, when I say the world, the U.S. was so divided that there were two different ideologies of what 
the president, uh, what Trump's idea of what they wanted the, the, the financial system of America to be. And then when they look at, you know, everybody wants to say, Joe and uh, his people, they want to take all your money. They want to take it. So you, you have to pay into these systems to take care of everybody else. And you're not going to be able to stockpile your own money away, blah, blah, blah. So the best thing to do is just to have two different sort of, you know, it's just Jesus. started. And at that point, I was just it just put that image in my head that we are so divided that if it ever actually, you know, did get to the point where fighting has happened and you're watching these polls things and we'll get off of this in a second. It's just so crazy because this literally it's is, it's unfolding right in front it of is the one is the, the most crazy shit I've ever seen. You know, when you see these poll things and, uh, you know, I was telling John, I like to keep the two major media outlets open so I could see how both are covering because they, they'll, they'll usually be in different areas of the of the U.S. as well. So I have Fox News on one side and I got like the CNN on the other and you're seeing uh, these uh, massive people trying to, you know, just almost they're mobbing outside of these polling or these locations where they're actually counting the things and it looks like they're going to storm the gates, you know, and it's just like it's when you think of there's an man. actual attack on, you know, the how our system is actually run and I could see where some of them might be saying, well, no, the attack's happening on the inside. We need to get in there and do it. And, and, and then the other people are like, look at all these fucking nutsos outside trying to just stop this process from happening. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, it's if you scary. storm of, again, and not this will be the most politics we ever talk, but it's literally our presidential election is unfolding as, as we do this. Uh, and shout out to all the international friends of ours who have reached out to me that, like, going like, what's going on over there, bro? Like, th- I like Dude, it's dude. been tripping me out. Like, uh, the TV's been showing, like... Um, and I understand why, because especially with the way our, our, our financial system, the dollar is tied so right. closely in all these countries, they're showing bars and all these other stuff, and people are glued to the screen watching this. I normally absolutely, uh, I just can't, I can't, I normally can't stomach this shit, because right. I'm just like, oh, it's just two people fucking yelling at each other, yep. yada yada. But at this point, you can't, you can't, can't ignore it. It's everywhere you look. But to see that, yes, even in other countries. They're completely just caught up in this. What's well, crazy? So, like, you're talking about like the, these protests that are happening outside these polling stations. Man, if people were to rush inside there, and, and I mean, isn't that kind of like uh, contaminating? Uh, uh, you would uh, think. You know what I'm saying? Like at that point, like, do, can you trust like, any of the results that came in? That's what I wonder if that's why they're oh. they're thinking of doing it. You know, it's like if that was your main thing was the if you went in there and contaminated this area, do they then have to? Uh, Invalidate everything. And I'm there. sorry that contamination is the word that's coming to mind because I'm sure there's well, that's a, a why better we're not word. political people. But, but that's, why, that's why we don't have a political fucking podcast. In the age of COVID 19 <laughs> and Fight Island and the Philly Shell. See, I'm going to work that in there. Uh, <laughs> it's, it just seems weird. I got that's, nothing better than that. You see? You, you know, see? I mean, I, I would think of something along the lines of like a. a, a Philly sandwich, like, you know, but like what something food related <laughs> that's Philly. You know, but it's but it's got to be like protection. So it's that that's shell, like the, cheese covering. Like the fight sphere, the fight island, the, the Philly shell. You know what I mean? It's it's protection from COVID nineteen. It's I our like bubble. It. It's I our like bubble. It. See, like it's growing it. on you. It's growing like on it. you. Philly shell. You see what I'm saying? It's like a shell, but it's I, also every a time you say defense. Philly though, I keep thinking of a fucking Philly sandwich, and I'm thinking like, <laughs> do you go to the cheese sauce or do you have the provolone on your Philly? Like, which one do you do? I don't know. Isn't that the age old story between like what the Phillies? You got the old school with like I think the. So. The, the nacho cheese. I'm not sure who does the nacho cheese. Is that Geno's or somebody's? And I can't remember what the other name or the other big one that they go head to head. But 
That's my kind of fight. I like that shit because I would go that's all in on both sides. Right yeah, that's my kind of political fight. I will go. You're bipartisan on that one, bro. <laughs> You're bipartisan, bro. I am completely bipartisan. I am bipartisan Titans 2 in that instance because I would buy two of each. <laughs> so Bellator 251 is going on right now while we sit here. I did want to sh- uh, share something real quick because it reminded me something about Nevada. So Derek Anderson – uh, picked up a knockout win over Killis Mota to start out the main card. And it was kind of a wild sequence. If you didn't watch it, um, we, we'll have a story up at MMA Junkie if it's not there already. Well, it will be by the time you hear this. Um, but it was kind of a weird sequence where Mota was knocked down and tried to get back up. And as he was scrambling up, Derek Anderson hit him with a head kick. And it looked like he that Mota was still a downed opponent. But when they went to the instant replay, you could see that he wasn't a downed opponent. The timing was just right that all that was uh, on the ground – um, was a hand actually because of the way he was uh, a hand and a foot I should say but not two feet so he had two points of contact not three um, so anyway he, he said he couldn't continue because that was actually ruled a knockout win for Derek Anderson so instant replay used pretty well in Bellator tonight um, and you may have noticed that uh, the UFC has uh, instant replay as well I shouldn't say the, the UFC I should say Commission. Nevada State Athletic Commission which is hosting UFC so they've been using replay but that's still I actually I'm glad you brought that up that still stops the fight, correct? Or does no? It, so now, now they're they saying can they actually. Can use all so that's what I want to say. That so I, I so it got introduced last week. I think was the first time they talked about it okay. on the broadcast. Um, I reached out to the Nevada State Athletic Commission to ask them if I could do an interview with them, um, so we could get the details because they talked about it on the broadcast, but it was very like bang bang. It yeah. wasn't explaining. It gave, it gave no explanation. It was just like, oh, the the new rule says that they could go to the thing, but it didn't say anything about whether it stopped the fight or. That's anything. right. That's right. So um, I'm I'm trying to work on an interview with them. The commission reps told me they're like, listen. Appreciate your appreciate your interest. We're not ready to, to talk about it publicly yet, but we're getting there. Um, they're still fucking figuring it out. They're still working it out. But it's good. It's a, Look, it's a positive thing. They're trying to True, move forward. True, but you they're don't roll forward. it out if you're not ready to fucking have an interview well, about it. Well, maybe right? so. But maybe they're testing it behind the scenes a little bit. But I like, will say this. If you're testing it in live environment, it's in. It's in. It's going. Well, that's true. I mean, you've happening. already told the broadcast you put, partner. You put it into a production environment. That's like I used to do computer work. Uh, so say if you, you do an upgrade to a thing, but once you in, in, in put it into the production environment, it's live. It's not really a beta test anymore yeah, at that point, it's right? It's not a beta test. It, you're out live. So if you put it out in an actual live spectacle, at that point, I would think that you knew what you were doing. Like well, That's I, not the right place. They, they definitely do know what they're doing. They just said they weren't ready to do an interview about it yet. But I will say this. So one thing they're doing is they are assigning a – a replay official to every single bout. So, you know, you've yeah. seen those bout sheets before, and it has, like, the judge assignment, the referee assignment. Now they have uh, a replay official as well. So that replay official, again, this is what I want to talk to him about. What exactly is that replay official looking for? But does the replay official have the right to get the referee's attention, or right. does, the, or does the, the replay official have to wait for the referee to come right. to them? Those are the details I want to know. in the NFL, I believe, can't they, they, they can initiate a stop. On their own. Well, I think, I think at least in the final two minutes, of course, it's the replay officials that, that, that it, I, I that, think that so. They have the authority at two minutes? Yeah. So so that's that's those are the details that I want to get from the Nevada Athletic Commission. They're not ready to talk about it yet. But I just want to say, so if you heard mention of the broadcast, I'm trying to get the details. Yeah. I'm trying to get the operational standards. I'm trying to figure it out, and hopefully they'll be ready to talk about it soon. But, but I do th- – look, you're right about what you're saying. Maybe it should, should have rolled out if they weren't 100% ready. But I don't want to – I don't want to chastise them too much because yeah. I think this is a good move. It is a good move, but it's just – you know, it's funny when you think like, okay, we're going to put it live in an environment where somebody's – it's life or death in a sense where somebody's actually getting beat up, but you're afraid right. to do an interview about it. If you're afraid to announce that maybe that there's things to work out, I understand that, but they shouldn't be afraid to do that. Cause if, if you're willing to put it in play 
you know, not that the fights, you know, but this is their livelihood. You know, this maybe can they, make or break hey, somebody's career. Maybe they didn't mean for it to get on the broadcast. Maybe their their idea was, hey, me, you know, us in the UFC are going to test this thing and see how it works. Maybe the UFC dropped the ball and put that information out what they weren't supposed maybe, to. But it'd be really weird if they were, if all of a sudden they didn't say something and they used it and people are like, wait, 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 wait. Why are we going back into action? You know, like it's supposed to be done at this point. Well, sorry, we forgot to mention that the uh, the Nevada Commission has decided that we're yeah, going yeah. to blah, blah. Because then everybody would say, oh, they're fibbing it after the fact. Right. So it's probably good that they got out beforehand to set it, to say something. But you figure if they had all this time and they decided to pull the trigger on it, they should have at least a rough guideline of what it is. And if they say that, hey, we're, we're it's still a work in progress, that's cool. But they should still have a pecking order of – this, this, this needs to be met for it to be used because that's already being used, right? I, I guarantee every one of them knows you can't either invoke it unless this happens or right. this happens. I'm sure that that stuff already exists. So maybe they're just double checking because they don't want somebody to point out, you know, where they're forgetting something or whatever. But, but you're right, whatever. Uh, All it questions is good. that I am trying to figure out. But that's what I say. I don't want to come down on too hard because. I think this is what happens sometimes in this sport and in, in a lot of places, right? Like everybody's afraid to move forward because they're afraid of yeah. this type of discussion so they don't do anything. I want to applaud them for saying let's move forward. I agree. Maybe it could have been handled a little bit better, but I'm trying to yeah. get the details. And But I don't want to come down too hard on it because I've seen for so many years covering the sport that I think people are afraid of being criticized so they don't move forward at all. They just stay on status quo. And so I, I appreciate what they're doing right now and saying, hey, we're at least trying something new. I mean, it it be I wonder if they could like set up like a monthly meeting where they talk about things, <laughs> where they're like working things out and then they open it up for discussion and they say, hey, are there any comments from anybody here? We're not going to maybe answer what you say. But if you have a comment or something, we will let you talk about it. All right, you know what's funny? I'm glad that you brought that up, actually, because <laughs> that, that, that actually brings up something that I wasn't planning on talking about, but it's a good point. I've been struggling with this for a long time, and so anybody that listens to the show, I would love for them to chime in and tell me what they think. So this whole marijuana thing, you know, we had yeah. a couple suspensions the oh, other day. It's ridiculous. I'm so tired of seeing guys lose any money yeah. and lose any time on the sidelines for marijuana. Um, yeah. I get it. now, And, and, and I've said this a hundred times. Now, if you're impaired on the night of the fight, absolutely. But we don't, yeah. you know, we don't test for alcohol metabolites from a month ago or from a week ago. You know what I mean? And that's what because they're not present. Well, that's why they're not present. But they, <laughs> these these show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the the marijuana metabolites have a tendency to stick around because it's fat soluble. Exactly. So I do agree. Like I think that the fighters should be evaluated. And somebody, man, I wish, man, damn, I, should, I wasn't planning on talking about this. So I would have had it brought. Somebody told me that the Canadian mining industry has a saliva test that shows like kind of instant type results or whatever um so i would love to see something like that i don't want people just fucking chiefing out down in the down no. in the mines or exactly. something exactly i guess not I'm like bro you've been down there for 40 minutes <laughs> for four hours i haven't heard nothing yeah. but i'm envisioning my head they still got pickaxes or something <laughs> i haven't heard anything cling on the wall like they're just rolling <laughs> down there pickaxes. in carts with their pickaxe <laughs> and just Hitting against the wall, trying to find that goal. shooter on their side. <laughs> yeah, no. I Where's that woman with the water? I'm getting all the parts down here. I imagine but they at probably least I got weed. I imagine. <laughs> I imagine they progressed a little bit. Um, the canary stoned again. Well, the Canadian mining industry is just years in the past. Years in the past. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Canadian miner friend that was trying to be really nice to me. But oh, wait. I, was he a miner? No, I think so. He was saying in the uh, – yeah. 
Well, they're say, also he very said, handsome and very, very well hung. He was saying and, it's and their what, children are very smart and their wives are all very attractive. There you go. So what he was saying is that's what they use, and I'd like to know more about that. So my thing is this. <coughs> You shouldn't be impaired, and that's just fighter safety right there. Now, there used to be this argument, man, when Nick Diaz got in trouble years and years ago, the argument was, oh, he was able to endure uh, too much damage because he was under the influence. He was able to endure more damage than a normal person would be. And I just always thought that was the dumbest argument because literally every fighter in the world that I've ever talked to is like, dude, if my opponent wants to be stoned when we go out there, yeah. let him be stoned, dude, so he can take a few more punches without and deal with the pain. His yeah. reaction time is going to be slow. That's it. His, it's a give and take at that point. Because, right. yes, if you're maybe feeling no pain, which is like the, oh, man, I'm cool, feel no pain, but literally your brain's moving slower. Yeah. I think most of them would take that. So that's <laughs> it. So you can't be under the influence, and, and I think that's just a fighter safety thing. But because you spoke 48 hours ago, 72 hours yeah. ago, 96 hours ago, that to me is dumb because we know – that honestly, in terms of dealing with the, the the physical pain that these athletes have to go through, the yep. mental stress that these guys have to go through, it's probably the best thing out there. It's better for their body than alcohol. It's yep. way better than prescription narcotics and yeah, that sort I mean, of thing. Like, the the fucking pharmaceuticals that they want fight. Well, granted, most of them have to really watch what they're doing because who knows what's going to go. They want to make sure they don't test. But typically, as Americans and most people out there in the systems, they say take this pharmaceutical, take right. this pharmaceutical. Where if you smoke some weed. It clears up a lot of shit, and it alleviates a lot of pain, a lot of other medical issues out there. You would rather they do something like that. Would much rather do something like that. So, so yeah, it's, it's that's just crazy. I mean, it's one thing, though. If you ever, like, go through a hotel that has UFC uh, corners, <laughs> corners and uh, corner men and uh, staff on some of these events. The host hotel here. <laughs> every every fucking UFC hotel just reeks of weed. It's pretty awesome because, like, especially like I don't quarantine anymore. Oh, uh, you know that's right. You I don't, don't have, have to, quarant to quarantine. Let me just say that when you go it's quarantine, still, maybe some people might be doing might, a little herbal you remedies. A, you might get a contact buzz walking through uh, the hallways. Uh, all right, so here, all right, so <laughs> full circle to where I came back to. This is something that I think is is important. I, I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And I don't blame the commission for suspending people. That's the that's the rules that are on yeah. their books. But I feel like the that's rules it. need to be changed. And I have often thought during that at every athletic commission meeting here in Las Vegas, they open it and end it with an opportunity for for public address. Like yep. you can say anything you want. The the commission cannot address you, so you it, you can't ask them questions because they. Or, I mean, I guess you can, but they can't answer you. So you'd be asking nobody. But you can say whatever you want, and they give you, you know, they'll limit your time if you're going on some huge diatribe. But if you want to jump in and speak 30 seconds, 60 seconds, they'll give you that platform. And I've often thought that I should jump in there and just say, listen, you know, John Morgan, been covering sport for a long time. Listen, I understand what your the genesis of this rules were, but times have changed. Public opinion on this has changed. Uh, this is the healthiest alternative for the athletes that are involved in the sports. If we real, if we really are about you know athlete health and safety, I believe this would be moving the right direction versus the wrong direction. You know, just lay out something like that. But I always feel like as a journalist, it's not my place to do that. I feel like it's my place to just sit back, observe, um, and 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 write about and talk about what happens, but not necessarily we'll to get. To maybe, get that directly involved, maybe doing a day when there's no uh, no coverage, you're calling in just as a, a a concerned citizen. Well, no, I mean I could do it on my day off or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's no big deal. But I just, I mean, if, if I'm not working, I guess I'm technically. But I just always wonder if that's really the right thing to do because you know I could write a piece about it. And I thought, well, I can just write an open letter to the commission, but that doesn't mean they ever read it. That doesn't yeah. mean they ever see it. So you know, that's that's doing something. But is it really doing something as direct as saying, look? 
I've been covering the sport a long time. Yeah. I've talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of athletes. I've talked to them about their particular situations, and I'm telling you this would be an improvement for everybody involved. Let's get with the times. Look at the way the laws are changing across the United States. Let's make the change and get this done. But I feel like there's some kind of like journalistic thing inside of me that says that is out of line for me to do, which I know is crazy because now it seems like the, the idea of journalists sort of is to just good. stir up stuff yeah. and, and be the hot take guy. I can see that, but I also think, you know, I don't see what – well, one, before I forget the thought, uh, the difference of writing it to them and then doing it on the uh, the actual hearing is that – or their commission meeting is all those meetings are taped. Right. So your comment would actually be, in a, in a sense, a public record that's sure. there attached to sure. that meeting should anybody ever go back. Let's listen to the meaning, the minutes of this or whatever. So you'd be on the record. You could send a letter and it might get dumped in the fucking spam slot and right. it never goes to whatever, right. you know, without anything. So there is that and that. But I can see I can see your point that, you know, you know is that a, a journalist's point to get in it, but – it's a logical discussion that I think even outside of whatever you do, I think a doctor, I think anybody can make the, the, the discussion that let's look at how society is right now. Let's look at what's going on. This clearly is something that society has come, you know, uh, did a big giant 180 on and says, hey, this is not that bad. And if it's legal in the thing, can we maybe go back and revisit the policy? Right. I think you could, should probably look to revisit the policies. And I, I don't see where there would be anything, especially anything from our organization. I wouldn't think that they would be like, uh, you know, here's whatever. I mean. I wonder. I've never talked to the powers of be. I battle I mean, with there's it, though. A, there's I cross, a, this, listen, I'll be honest I mean, with you. This crosses my discussion. mind a lot. This it's crosses worth, my mind a lot. It's worth having a discussion. I, I think right now, especially their main thing is, I know, uh, you know, just to go peel behind the curtain and other stuff, you know. Even though we are free to say whatever the hell we want and, and things you want to do, you also got to be careful in the sense that you represent a brand. You know, when you're, and this is not just us represent a media outlet, this is for any of you. You all, as citizens of the American, uh, of the United States, sorry for everybody everywhere else. Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm not sure how it is where you are, but you have the right to speak your greatest mind. Greatest country on earth. Greatest country on earth, y'all. Wait, wait, where's my gun at? Uh, it's right there, by the way. Greatest, greatest two countries on earth. You have the right to say whatever, but you still, within that means, it doesn't mean they can't stop you, but you still work for any, any of you that work for anybody, you represent a brand. Right. So you have to, in a sense, watch that what you say. So even if you think that you're speaking as a, your own self you do represent something so it's probably not a bad idea just to say hey this is how i feel on this one particular thing just at least cover your butt yeah, or whatever it's okay to voice it someday to but i think i think right now in in this day of age it's especially when it comes to weed you got what state is it now that's tr trying was it you that told me somebody told me there's a state that's like legalizing magic mushrooms i think oregon just oregon. said basically anything just everything you can have anything as right. long as it's as long as it's a personal use I mean, amount they were i think one of the first ones that did the, the recreation i think as meanwhile well. did i tell you by the way that i'm moving to oregon i, don't I know thought if I, you, I thought i saw the moving <laughs> van yeah. outside of your place i don't know if i forgot to tell you that or not we'll have to figure I mean, out how to do this thing remotely moving forward it's certainly <laughs> well we've done we've done it you just tape and send it to me <laughs> um you know, it's it's certainly a, a sign of times, but it is that is especially in this because every time I think every single person that reads Junkie or listens to this podcast when they see of a fighter getting dinged for marijuana just shakes their head yeah, goes, and what says, "What day and age are we right now? Like this, this is not the 
the early whatever what was it the 30s 40s 50s where they're like you do this and you're you're communing with the devil your kids are gonna be you know whatever they're gonna run off with your neighbors and blah 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 you know they had all this hysteria and mania and saying like the world was gonna go to shit if you smoked it and it's like then they realize oh no it's actually kind of (laughs) cool eric spicely uh hit me up on Twitter today and it was like, well, like I had tweeted about this yeah. and he was like, he's like, it sounds like a good idea until somebody overdoses on marijuana. And then you're like, Oh, that's right. Cause nobody can. There's, overdose. there's, I, I've never heard of a recorded case. There is no recorded cases of, of an overdose. Of oh marijuana. man. All right. Well, I didn't mean to make that statement. Either. <coughs> I said we wouldn't be political. That's not political though. That's, that's not just, pl- that's just saying like, Hey, weed's okay. Free the weed. All right. Free well, the weed. While I was back last week in the I don't know where that accent comes from either. <laughs> country boys, free the weed. <laughs> While I was back last week in the in the Philly shell, you're working on twenty three hundred Arena in Philadelphia. I was working on CFFC. <laughs> Say it twenty three hundred times yeah. and maybe it'll stick. <laughs> you were you were back on the grind. USC and ESPN plus thirty nine Hall versus Silva. I just want to get your thoughts because I, I I did an and a half episode about it and gave my thoughts on it. But you were there, man, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts because I feel like the fallout since then has been a little bit. Uh, kind of down the middle a little bit, kind of a little bit uh, two sides, I guess. On the one hand, um, you know, I think a lot of people do feel at 45 years old, Anderson Silva probably does need to be about done with it. But I feel like a lot of people also thought that Dana was being a little too harsh in, in his in his rhetoric and the way he addressed it and that, you know, Anderson did look good. And I did think yeah. – and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I stood on the side for anybody that isn't uh, a member at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow and doesn't listen to the and a half episodes, which I don't know why you're not. I mean, that's just solid wrap-up content there for as little as $3 a month. That's all you need. You should be there is what I'm saying. But the way I leaned was that, listen, I do kind of understand what Dana White is saying. Like, I did think Anderson looked good. I thought he looked focused. I thought he was moving well. Mm-hmm. However, I did think if it was somebody that was more active and aggressive than Uriah Hall, he would have been in trouble. And I don't mean that as a shot at Uriah Hall. I'm just saying if it was somebody that was pushing the pace a little bit more, being a little bit more aggressive, I think Anderson would have had some problems. And I do think the shots that ultimately dropped Anderson and finished him were not you know, just Francis Ngannou, Alistair Overeem-esque blows you know they were they were shots that I'm not saying that that Anderson should have been able to take but I, I don't know they gave me concerns for his chin so um I, I don't know I, I I know that Dane is an easy target and it you know for him to say you know he never should have had a, a fight what was he doing but you but then I saw a lot of people say but yet you put him in a main event so come on I don't know what what was the feel in the room and, and you guys I know that in the media room you know you guys are all talking amongst yourselves and kind of getting that feel together what, what did you come away thinking that? Because I see both sides. I personally don't want to see Anderson Silva step into the UFC octagon again. I don't want to see him continue to tarnish his legacy. Um, at the same time, I don't want to stop him from making money that he may need to make to support his family. Yeah. And I didn't think he looked awful, but I just feel like it's bad when we're saying a guy that used to be the GOAT, now the bar is, well, he didn't look awful. Right. Well, when you when you, when you you just like as you said there – you, you you thought he looked good or you thought he looked okay like when we were watching it in the back i remember i was talking with the uh, oscar there i don't remember thinking like man uh anderson looks bad right now i remember thinking the whole time i was like wow he actually looks good yeah. i thought i thought he looked decent i mean the way and 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 to say that there wasn't you know i know dana was criticizing and a lot of action wasn't happening i mean anderson was still 
pushing forward a little bit in the sense, I mean, I knew that there was always going to be, and I think this happens with every fighter that fights Anderson, there's this always an extended feeling out process because if you go in there and you rush forward, which is like what you're saying, something that wasn't like your right hall might make the decision to walk forward, but that also could be the wrong decision because sure. when you look at a guy like, and, and, and when you look at age, it's one thing. When you look at a person like me, you clearly first think this is the Young, the, the ideal youthful. of health. Yes. This is what? I'm 46. Wow. And I would have thought no more than 25. Exactly. So <laughs> when you look at Anderson, who is 45, and one, we're very, very similar in a lot of aspects. Body types. Completely the body types. You know, uh, I'm a little bit darker than him, I think, but – no, maybe no. I guess he's got me. Beat Sometimes a bit. I walk into your house and I go, "What's Anderson Silva doing here?" <laughs> I'm like, "Hello, Johnny. Welcome." <laughs> but no, when I watched that fight, I was like, the whole time, actually, and I actually picked Anderson because I thought this was a fight that Anderson, knowing that this could be the last the one, the motivation would I thought be this, there. I thought everything was going to be there, and I thought the, and the motivation looked to be there. He did look more there. dialed in than I think he's been on some nights. He was. He was, and. The fact that he was moving forward in his hands, he still had a couple slick little things. He did. He was the first person I think that ever did that sort of spinning, uh, like a, where did he hit? Was it a calf kick? He did like a spinning back calf kick or something. I was like, oh, that's not normal, right? You know, like that's not what a normal person would do. But the whole time, you know, and we've seen so many fights where, because you said like, oh, this is not a Francis Ngannou shot or whatever. Most people don't have anything like close to that. But we, True. how many fights have there been when you watch somebody that just gets clipped on the back of the the ear or just on the sort of back of the 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 side of the yeah, head, your equilibrium the back of the temple, that little temple? Where, where over when the you're ear. watching it, you're like, did that even hit him? Did that even hit him? Like the hit that Uriah got him with was a solid shot. I think it, there's definitely a sign of like you know uh, a properly placed shot can drop it. And we know Uriah has those skills to do that sort of thing. Do I think his chin has diminished him? I think any person, uh, after you've taken so many shots for so many years, of course it's gonna it's gonna diminish some. I think what gets to the point of where Dana and what because we talked about it in the background, I was like, we couldn't understand where his anger seemed to come from, and it felt more like guilt, but it felt more like anybody that had a decision because what anybody watching Anderson get knocked out felt that just moment of like. You feel like you watched like your childhood favorite yeah. like drop, and we all feel a little bit of, of, of sadness for it. But I can see where if the person that had the decision that allowed him to go in, and then sees the blood, sees his face getting battered, he's like, oh, I could have stopped that. Had real anger sort of in himself, like, did I do this for the wrong reasons? Did I do whatever? But if Anderson wanted to do it, and looking at the shape that Anderson was in coming in. His plan was to his plan was moving forward, and the fact that you could take a younger guy like Uriah and make him be nervous because knowing of what your skills, I can't you know you can't fault him for that, and I can understand why he was upset. Um, but it was just it threw me off how upset Dana sort of seemed because I remember watching the fight, and I didn't feel like oh my god this is so completely one sided. I don't know why Anderson was like never this in is there. Embarrassing. I, I agree. never felt that until you got that knockout. But that's the nature of those kind of knockouts. I would agree with that. Which, is that which those, we, the perfectly placed because shot we had some BJ Penn fights, for instance, where we're like, this BJ's is what stuck out in we're my like, head. This is uncomfortable. BJ's exactly what jumped out, and that's when I when I was talking to Oscar, I was like, this didn't feel like one of those BJ fights. I agree with that. Where I was watching the fight, and I was like, oh my gosh, what are we watching here? Like this is painful. I didn't feel that. It I would ended agree with that. in it ended in. 
an unfortunate fashion for for Anderson. But if it would have went the distance and it would have stayed that same sort of fight style and that same sort of maybe a little bit more burst, but if we could see some other little new trick, because I've never seen Anderson do that sort of spinning calf kick. Um, if, if there was other moments and it made it to the decision, would this discussion even be happening? It's just the fact that the way that it ended, everybody's like, oh, my goodness. Of course we let him go one too long, you know. One, he wanted to do it. I mean, there's there's no stopping. I can see where somebody that talented would be so hard to, to not want to do it. But I didn't feel bad. I mean, I felt bad in the sense, like, you don't want to see him get hurt. Oh, no. You don't want to see him get knocked out. But Anderson was in it the whole time until, until that last moment. And that happens to a guy that's in, at his first fight, a guy that's in the middle of his prime that's, that's winning these fights. I mean, look at uh, – Yair and uh, the Korean zombie. Right. Yair was starching the zombie, and the zombie pulled out. What was it? That little. Uh, but that was something elbow. special. That's what. That's. But what that's I, the thing. I mean, I like it like, was something special. But I mean, I, I don't mean to. I don't, and I'm not trying to discount Uriah. I just I felt like the the the, the shot was kind of run of the mill. I guess. I guess. I guess I hate to see a goat get put down by a run of the mill shot. But it was still a a, per, a nicely perfect I wouldn't say per, well whatever perfectly timed shot hit the right spot. Right. A lot of people would say that the shot that that Connor knocked out uh Jose with was it really the strongest shot? Was it anything even Connor was like just precision. It was just precision. But that's not how he would actually say it. But <laughs> but at this point, unless I have a lot more whiskey, I should not try to even attempt. Well, I don't even remember it anymore. Is it timing beats power, precision beats speed? No, timing beats speed, precision beats power. Exactly, something like that. <laughs> exactly, so something like that. I can't remember like it right now. But, in, but that's the whole thing. Like that was like a shot that was not spectacular, except for the sense precision of it beats was power, timing beats speed. It was perfectly placed shot in the right spot. All right. And so for this moment, I mean. Yeah, is is Anderson's chin maybe diminished some? Yes, but was it just? I think it was just, it was a it was a great shot at that moment that dropped him. So two things. Uh, the last thing I want to say about this fight. Um, first of all, I, I did and, and I said it on and half, and I'll say it again. The the the, uh, the 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 cage staff, the production staff that allowed Anderson to stay in the cage as long as he wanted to while he was kind of having a moment with himself. Yeah. Kudos to them because I know they got hey. Move people on, get going. You yeah. know what I mean? But they just—I well, mean, it's the end of the show too. So it like, is. Are they going to move? But they all backed up. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's not like, hey, we got to get this guy to his interview or whatever. Like everybody literally just stayed away from him and gave him the time in the center of the cage. And I thought yeah. that was cool because that is cool. You know what I mean? Like they're not—they're not taught to like make decisions. They're taught to follow the—the the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're around them. It's like follow the, the yeah. recipe. This is what we do. You got to get him out. It's it, like it's always funny to me. Like no, you can't walk out this way of the cage. You got to walk out that way of the cage. Like what does it fucking matter, dude? Like what door? Does how, it, big how, big of, how, how big of a d bag? How big How big of a d bag would you feel if you walked up and like tap him on the <laughs> shoulder? Uh, <laughs> Bro, you got your, uh, got your interview. Can you go out this got gate you. here? Can you go out of this gate here? I know you've given us. Blood and tears for so many years, but uh, hey, hey, bro, no, bro. no, not that gate. Bro. This one yeah, over yeah, here. This, this, this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that close no, one no, that's no. close to you right there. That's open. This one, this one on the. And by the way, side. they do that, and there is a reason for that. The traffic flow and all, but it is funny sometimes. They're like, it's, it's the last fight. Does so it matter? Ridiculous. Does he really need to walk that way? Uh, all right. No, so, our, our our cameras are on that side, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So that's one thing. Um, but but the other thing is is here's what I want to do. Want to say so, and I'm interested to see where this goes. Anderson does have one fight on his contract. Dana is making it very clear he doesn't want to give it to him. Um, this could get interesting because Dana and the UFC cannot sit on his final fight. Like, they are contractually obligated to give it to him. Now, Dana said, yeah. we had an agreement. I hope his family will tell him it's time to go. It's time to go. And, 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 and while I support that, I'm just saying, if Anderson pushes the issue and says, 
No, you have to give me that fight. He is absolutely yeah. 100% within his legal rights to force Dana's hand to either say, give me the fight, pay me for the fight, or terminate my contract. Like, yeah. that is perfectly within his legal rights. So I'm kind of anxious to see how that plays out. Like, Dana, I've done so much for you. If you want to just terminate my contract and give me my, my show, that's it. My there's, show. There's three choices. <laughs> hey, I'll walk away and I won't fight. You just give me my money. They have one fight left that they owe him. And, and my understanding legally is the three options are give him the fight as he's obligated, yep. pay him for the fight without him competing, or terminate his contract and allow him to walk. So. We'll see what happens. And if he, if they allow him to walk, at that time you have no matching offers. You have no yeah. – you know what I mean? You, there's none of that. So, I mean, well, it's we'll just see what happens. Out of, out of the three, just gut, gut pick. You had to pick one like right now. If I'm the UFC, yeah, I pay him and ask him not to fight. I pay him and ask him not to I'd fight. I'd let him walk. You'd let him walk? Yeah. Just because, I mean, one, you're Look letting at him – you, you cold-hearted, no, ruthless it's not cold, Is it cold-hearted? Because I'm allowing him to go make more money elsewhere. I'm not stopping him to go. But I'm also – because if you give him his money – and he walks. It doesn't stop him from still going to fight. No, that's true. I would. That is true. I would pay him, and there would be some kind of signed agreement. That would be. That you're that's done. the only thing that you. I'll could pay you, you for this fight, be, but I now have, have to, an agreement. You'd almost have to be in. But that's almost like you'd have to sign another contract. You would. That's exactly what you have to. do. You'd have to. At I'll pay point, you for you this fight. For more money. <laughs> no, but think about it. It's a whole separate contract. But then at that point, they're like, "Well, dude, we're trying to do you a favor, you know." Yeah, instead. but if you enter into a new contract, then like, yeah, I think you. Shit. Yeah, I don't know how you legally do it. Unless they say, well, we could never give you anything and, and you could fight us in court for it. Or uh, we'll give you the money, but you have to agree to not do it. Or It's we, tricky, right? Know. Because, listen, Anderson Silva, when he's 50, yeah. will be marketable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And still be in better shape than most people. That's what that I'm are, saying. Are I mean, if he's, in, if he still looks like you at 50 – Good luck, son. You better hope. You so better get to the that's gym. A, that's an interesting legal balance to get into. Because I mean, I mean, get to the buffet. Sorry, <laughs> get to the buffet, son. That's an interesting legal argument. How do you how do you get how do you get everybody on the same page? Because that 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 whole deal before where the we only where we give you the Chuck Liddell job, we yeah. give you the Matt Hughes job, that doesn't exist. I anymore. I mean, if they want to, in their gracious gracious big heart, cut him a check and say, "Son, we don't want you to fight MMA again." We're going to cut you a check, and it's probably going to be less than what his thing is, and then they could still hold the rights. We're not going to we're not going to terminate your contract, but I'm going to give you this money as a token of good faith. It might not be what your your fight is, but I'm going to uh, see that's and that's you'd, the thing. You'd, you'd have to sign an agreement. Anderson it's would so have to sign an agreement that says you know, I will not ask for another fight. I, you know what I mean? It's like so you'd tough have to. because they want to do right by him. They want to. I want. I want to save you from yourself. But in a sense, you're stopping me from working, bro. It's the only thing I know how to do. You're not – because I, I would think most fighters would be like, you can't stop me from making a living, you know. You exactly. Can't. It's like when I left the UFC, you know, there was like, oh, we could try to do a no-compete. It's like, well, no, you can't. Yeah, you can't stop me. From you can't stop me from going to make a living, you know. Like, that's just what we do, you know. So it's the same thing for him. A fighter's going to want to fight, and it sucks, but I think – He's not the first person that we've seen fight beyond their prime, and we kind of just like, ah, oh, remember the good old days? Remember the good old days? But we're always going to have those memories regardless because at some point they stopped fighting. It just sucks because Anderson's, sucks not, Anderson's not even in the discussion anymore, like when people talk about it, and he oh. should be, man. Like, dude, when he was on top. Discussion as, as for what? Like, the GOAT. Well, I mean. He was the GOAT. But I, the GOAT, the, what is the GOAT now has changed so much now that the GOAT now is who's the GOAT now. Right. 
like the the goats that were like the solid goats that everybody still thinks is a goat. Now it's just like because uh, it's like what you know. At one point, Anderson and GSP was like solid. Nobody's ever going to overtake it. We're going to have new people. And now it's like, well, I mean, they were good, but look at Khabib. You know, look at these guys. These guys are the goats. It's like the goat now is goat current. It's the current goat. Like, I think once you get to a certain point. Curry goat. At, <laughs> I said current goat. <laughs> oh, sorry. But I can see I see where you're hungry now. Um, but it, it's just so weird because, I mean, yeah, that whole goat thing now has, has morphed just like everything else. It's It doesn't feel like – we shouldn't even, like, use that phrase because they should just say who is – that's almost like what – how the goat is now for me is like when they say who is like the pound for pound best uh fighter because typically you right. know even though Such they do an argument because they're just like you're just talking about who is the greatest fighter right now you know what's funny is is when anderson was in his prime and and, and i was fortunate enough to see so many of his his fights during that run and i know there's a generation of fans that doesn't remember it or, or never saw it but, like, you can't even understand what a different level this dude was on. But I remember the time thinking, because people would say GOAT then, and I'm like, bro, this sport's only, like, 20 years old. Like, you can't be talking about a GOAT of a sport that's 20 years old. And yeah. I almost feel like we didn't give him his proper due. You know what I mean? And I feel like me personally, I didn't give him his proper due. Because, you know, like, you're talking about the greatest of all time of a 20-year-old sport. And I thought how irresponsible that was to try to label something like that. Like, yeah. it wasn't a label that had meaning at that time. 20 years into a sport, it doesn't have meaning. And uh, now I kind of regret that I had that attitude because, I mean, I did soak it in. And I did, trust me, man, I did appreciate it. Like, what he did was on a different level. And I think that's part of what makes it so sad for me about seeing now where, again, the names he's lost to haven't been bad. But it's just, you know, to think about the way he was just operating on another level. Yep. And I kind of feel bad that I didn't give him that respect at the time as as he was. And, and I ended up tweeting it before the fight the other day. I was like, hey, I know we're talking about Habib and Jones, but step back for one night and just remember this guy was the GOAT before we were even debating yep. about the GOAT. You know? Well, see, I think, I think we can – and I'm sure I'm not the first to just think this, but the whiskey's popping it back into my head. I think – and even going with the, the this whole thing of like the goats always more of who's like the current baddest dude around. Right now we always say the goatus is the greatest of all time. How about the greatest of a time? And it's still a goat. It's still the goat. Whiskey doing well for you, sir. Right, but think about it. And we still that means I mean, how can you go and like look that. at Hoist Gracie and say he wasn't he was the greatest goat. of a time. He was he was the greatest of a time he that changed, he literally yeah. he changed the sport. How can you ever? But I mean, he but created like, the sport, but he changed he changed martial arts right? as a whole. And everybody's like, oh, but that, he was so he was kind of one dimensional. And he would get and waxed today. He would get absolutely waxed today. Just absolutely, and we saw it. We saw it happen in fights where we're just like, oh, oh, wow, the game's really changed. Greatest of a time. The greatest of a time is still the goat. It's just the greatest. I feel like I'm maybe not the first to say it, but damn it, let's just bring that back. It's the greatest of a time, and okay, that makes okay. more sense. Hey, hey, but I came up with Philly Shell. That's true. <laughs> All right. Fuck, fuck the greatest of time. If we could call him the greatest, Philly Shell. Greatest of a time is nice, man. I like that. That Well done, sir. Well done, and it sir. it still works. Like the GOAT. All right, let's talk about this week. Uh, you and I, uh, the first event that we covered together, man, Dana White's Contender Series. I won't break down the whole Dana White's Contender Series, but if you didn't watch it this week, it was phenomenal. It was kind of funny because there were two knockouts Crazy that involved front fights. kicks to the face. I was like, Anderson Silva tribute like, night. Well, and the one guy even said it. He was like, I just I started envisioning the spider in my head.
head. I started envisioning the spider. And uh, I want I don't know if that was the guy that got the knockout or with it or it was the guy that uh, he kicked him in the face twice and then wobbled him and then in finished the it with the punch. In the middle of a flurry. How great was that? He was like, stop, shot, kick, strike, strike, kick. And I was like, oh, it was something. There was, it, they, and that was another thing. It was just they were so precise and just right on the chin. And it was just you felt literally – when you see some of these things, I'm, I've always been high on the uh, well. We no, I've been high on uh, these uh, contender series fighters, these kids that come out. I'll I'll just tell you that like this. A lot of times we're doing staff picks. When I look to see who uh, is fighting on the card that we have to pick, when I look at the the contender series veterans, they have a special part uh, in my heart because mm -hmm. these kids have always just super super impressed me. And this weekend above a lot of weekends. Uh, or weeks, the 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 finishes were just fantastic. Off like the some of the 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 stuff that they're incorporating, the hands looked good, the feet looked just phenomenal. Um, but we're these seeing kick, the evolution, man. We're seeing it. the evolution. That's it. And 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 if you guys, I'm sure people that are listening to this are already watching some of this stuff. You know, I guess it's like one of those things that even with you, you're you're getting to go do the cage free, so you're seeing a whole other thing. Like I live in the the UFC Bellator primary bubble, like that's where my world result revolves. So when the contender series comes, I get introduced to people that have been, uh, you know, orbiting a whole different sort of regional area. That I know that there's these badasses everywhere, but we just don't see them until they finally get on the 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 the, the major scale right, or whatever. Right. So whenever I see these cats and this stuff comes out, I'm just like, wow. Like you said, look at it evolving. Like where have these cats been, you know? Like some of this stuff is just fantastic. I mean, you see like recently we saw uh, Philip Hawes. I mean, we've been seeing that guy around the circuit for a while. And he finally, he, he was able to earn his stuff in. That was amazing. So it's always cool when you see these cats that, you know, I'm like, wow, what is this guy? So where has he been? And then you see this fantastic stuff, and then you get them in the back, and then you find out they have an even cooler backstory. So many people in the Contender Series have had really cool, unique backstories um, that if you guys aren't watching the, the, the Contender Series, it's it's fantastic. Like, the level of talent, the, kudos to these guys finding people. On the flip side, if you have your old veteran of the UC, now all this new talent that's coming in with these Contender Series are pushing out the old school people. You know, that's the unfortunate side. As much as we're like, hey, this great new talent. But every time massive amounts of these contracts come in, they Somebody's keep they keep the, the, uh, yeah, the, the yeah, roster yeah. count sort of similar. You know, so, you know. It was a, it was a, it was a great event. Great talent. Great talent. Super fun. All right, but you know what I noticed? What? Let me see if you noticed this. Uh-oh. All right. Remember when we went to go get it? So, we, by the way, we have to get COVID tests for contenders. We have yeah. to get COVID tests for the UFC. Twice a week. Today. In fact, you and I just got tested today. I had test number 49 today. So on, wow. on Saturday, I'll have test number 50. Uh, but here's what I noticed. At the contender series, when we went to go get tested, did you notice where we got tested? Yeah, at the Renaissance? Yeah. It was a really nice trailer, which used to be a tent. Oh, you're talking about for the other one. Yeah, at the res at the residence. Yeah, no, I thought you were. You said today where we got tested. Oh no, no, today. not today, not today. No, I'm talking about the other day. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I took out of that. There used to be a tent there. Yeah. And we'd walk into a tent, and they would yeah. test us, and we would walk out. Now they've got a really nice trailer set up with like air conditioning, televisions, yeah, different rooms. You know where that trailer was? Where was it? It used to be behind the apex. Did it really? Yeah. 
If you go behind the Apex now, when you leave, they don't have those. So that used to be the production trailer. Now the production's done. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. Because what it said to me when I saw the trailer was this isn't quite as temporary as we thought it was going to be. I think, yeah, but I you know think, what I mean. Like, I think, the, like a tent says, "Hey, yeah. we're only here the tent for a had little more while." Room, though. I mean, the, the tent, tent was bigger. Tent room. was bigger. But when I see a tent, I think, "Hey, man, we can break this down at any time." Yeah, I think they just when repurposed. I see a big trailer like yeah, because I always go that direction when I leave uh-huh. uh, the apex to go home. I always go that route. And normally, when they had all the uh, other big productions and stuff, okay, they would have uh, they had one, two different, two of those. And then some the truck tra- uh, truck trailers with like the the satellite yeah, hookups yeah. and stuff like and that. Now they, which by the but way, but when I went past it the other night or last night, they were all gone. They're all gone. So I don't know if you saw that. I'm sure you saw the social media, right? The production facility is now 100 percent operational inside the Apex. Yeah. So they no longer need anything out. They we are, still need to do a tour of that. What we we do now? We, need, still, to, we need to get that 100. And, and, and listen, that's one of those things that I think most people will probably go, yeah. eh, so what, bro. You think about that. They no longer have to pay to rent a, a, a production truck. They yeah. no longer have to pay for like, and they don't even have to schedule it. Right now, the apex just went to another level. And yeah. and, and and again, I don't think most now people it's understand. Now it becomes a, a real. It's a money maker. It now. is a money maker. So you yeah. no longer have to have a satellite truck, which are, are not cheap, no. to sit outside and beam your your content. Now, yep. you can basically just go. I need four employees who I already have on salary anyway. Come with me. We're yep. turning on right now. We're going live. We're going to ESPN. We're going whatever. Yep. They can literally fire up fights with yep. zero additional overhead now. That's right, because that reminds Massive. me. Because I was like, why did they get rid of the trucks? And that makes because I forgot that they got the inside all sorted out. We should do a little uh, another little tour of that because that it's completely fascinating. And and that's kind of thing. I forgot to tell you that the other night when we were in the back and uh, always at the beginning, of the night, if, if there's ever going to be like an audio hitch or something weird getting feed fed from the uh, trucks or whatever to the tent. They always would call the truck, like, hey, you're sending the wrong audio, blah, blah, blah. They were sending us room audio of the, the fight, but also of the Spanish commentary, like they were sitting in a booth next to us. That's fine. So one, we're like, oh, we're not hearing the program audio. And then I'm like, why am I hearing two guys talk Spanish? You know, I was like, there's – Something's wrong. And then I went back to the back, and Linnea looks at me, and she's like, we're, we're working on it. That's so funny. <laughs> Brand new. They're figuring it all out. But yeah. I'm telling you, this is one of those things uh, that, I, that I think most people won't give a lot of uh, importance to. And I get yeah. it, man. If you're just a fight fan, what the hell do you care about the UFC's production? I'm telling you, it's game changer. The, the Apex was already a game changer. Yeah. Now it just stepped up another level. Well, that was the thing that they were trying to like, oh, well, Invicta can start having fights there. Because remember when they took a tour in the past – um, when Zufa Boxing gets going or some of these other things that get going, anybody, any roving production that wants to be able to go, especially now, if we don't know when the COVID thing is going to allow for people to go to an establishment and do something, you as a boxing promoter or you as a whatever promoter can't go to MGM Grand Garden Arena or you can't go to T-Mobile. I mean, you have to be pretty good to go to T-Mobile anyways, but you can't go to a lot of these places. But if they can go to a place that has a production facility where you can light the event, you can shoot the event, and you can stream it out to multiple areas. And it's literally turnkey, dude. There's no cost involved. It's involved. unreal. Unbelievable. I mean, it's if, so, it's, if CFFC had to leave the Philly shell. Why would they, though? <laughs> All right, let's talk about this weekend. UFC on ESPN Plus 40 is this weekend. We'll be covering it. Uh, you and I will both be together. Uh, covering that one, you'll be in the uh, the media tent. I'll be inside the Apex. So MMA Junkie will have you covered from 
top to bottom. Uh, Glover Teixeira, Tiago Mejeta Santos in the main event. I guess the main event lost a little bit of its shine now that we know that Israel Adesanya is going to challenge next for for the light heavyweight title so uh, against Jan Blahovic. Um Oh, so you don't like that? No, I mean, I think it's awesome, but I think it's purely ridiculous. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, like the, I like the idea, but like... All right, let me say this. Dana White, and look, Dana White was ridiculous in saying that Robert Whitaker doesn't want to fight the guy. No, Robert Whitaker said, I don't want to fight until February or March. I want to be here for the birth of my kid. I want yeah. to have the holidays with my Shame kid. Shame on you, Robert, yeah. for trying to do that. I, I didn't like, I didn't like, I wasn't there, but I was watching it on the stream, and I was like, Dana, just come on, man. Just say it didn't fit our timeline. You know what I mean? Dana, I wish you would have said it have, that way. They have let people, and that's it, because they have let some of those divisions go like a year without having a defense. Right. Jan just got that belt. But, but I he just got that belt. All right, but look, I'm going to say, I don't like the way Dana handled it. I have no problem with the fight. Izzy and Jan, okay, we have no clear number one contender at 185 right now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No, I mean, Bohashinia was number one, clear. Whitaker yeah. is now number one, but he's saying, I need some time on the sidelines. I'm not saying, like, you know, uh, th- there couldn't be some fight. Till, Hermanson, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. Like, I'm not saying that. But what's the rush? Because, when was that last fight? Because Adesanya wants to stay busy. And, look, man, let's be honest. This, to me, is the is the bridge to Adesanya Jones. Because if Adesanya beats uh, Jan, you can't tell me that John Jones isn't going to put heavyweight on the side and be like, yeah. nah, I'm going back to handle Young Buck right here. So, to me, if that's what we're getting to, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Come on, you gotta want to see. No, Adesanya I mean, Jones. I do, I do, I do. I just, I still just think I'm like, there's still fights to be had. It's just silly. All right, so it's this one, silly. well, so this one, so I mean, but okay, but come on, man, are you telling me? I mean, I'm, I'm that you I'd would be take, excited to watch it. And but, I, I, I mean, don't want to disrespect Glover Tiago, but Glover or Tiago versus Jan would not be as big of a fight as Adesanya versus Jan, especially knowing that Adesanya versus Jones looms on the other side. Of course, but I mean, I, if you told me like. Connor versus an old man in a bar, knowing that some other fighter is going to be after that, I would still be like, yeah, I'll fucking watch Connor beat an old dude's ass. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> because it's it's a fucking spectacle. But I mean, I don't know. I'm just like this. But I mean, it's just this rush to keep doing these crazy whatever sort of things where there's still plenty of other fighters, just that maybe aren't the best ones. It's just. It's so it's just so weird because you know at in feels certain, like we rushed into it. That's it. In certain phases, yeah. it's like we you they've held out on a fight for like months, eight months, ten months, where we're just like, please give us something. Another like, hey, by the way, look at this other little crazy shiny object over here. <laughs> it's true, like because it, I mean, I will know, say that like cause it's just un- a money play for them because it means nothing. Undefeated Israel Adesanya moving up a weight class to become a two weight champion. Is a pretty special story, but yeah, it's just like against the guy that just got the title and and, and yeah. then only won it because the other guy walked away. Yeah, and I, and I do and I feel so bad. The thing I really hate about all this discussion is that I feel like no matter what we say about it, we just end up talking trash about Jan Blahovich, which basically, which I like that guy so much. I like I, him a lot, and I feel terrible for it. I I feel terrible that he has to rush in to defend it against a guy that's not even normally in his division. That, you know, while I can see where some people are like, oh, man, he's clearly going to have the size. He's going to have the Polish power. Legendary you know, oh, Polish power. Blah, 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 blah. You know, like <laughs> I did. I picked that one right, too. I picked that Polish power in that one. Um, but still, it's just, oh, it's just so weird because it's the kind of thing that, say Izzy goes up and he pulls off the victory. But then he's like, all right, I got this. I'm the two 
two belt champ. I am the greatest. I am wonderfully looking. I'm going to change my hair color. And then I'm going to go back into my division. And I'm going to leave this belt for eight months. What fucking good does that do us as fans of that division? I don't, I don't. I wouldn't say he's not going back to middleweight, but I would say that like he's going to go back to middleweight. He's not going to just give it up because he gets the light heavyweight belt. What if he did? What if he did? Jan, John, Stipe, or Nganu, and then walked away. But when would the the middleweight belt ever get defended? In Never. So what do they do? When at what point in that do they take Dude, the belt hasn't away? Hasn't Conor McGregor taught you anything? <laughs> I know, but at what defending, point? <laughs> defending belts is overrated, my man. I know, but defending at what point? In that, I love that. I love that that whole scenario because I would be excited about every one of those fights. Right. Granted, they would only happen if he kept winning to go through them. Sure, of course. But at what point do they say, "All right, son, you've been killing it in these things. You've been killing it." But oh, by the way, uh, it's been a year and a half since we've defended the middleweight belt. Uh, can we have that back? <laughs> that makes sense. I think maybe that you would end up having to do like uh like uh Whitaker versus the winner of Till Hermanson in the summertime for an interim belt. If that's the path that Izzy went. Right. Because you let him be I mean, I I'm not saying Cuz then he could still immediately come back and say, "Okay, you get your interim belt, I'll come back and unify it and take yeah. it back after whatever." Which would be cool cuz then it brings him back to the division. And then it, it, it keeps that, what is it, uh, like the linear title or right. whatever. It keeps the lineage going. So it's funny. I was talking to Submission Radio Boys about this whole like this whole scenario like earlier this week. And I was like, do you realize how stupid what we're talking about sounds right now? Like, yeah. I'm going to go beat Jan, I'm going to beat John Jones, and I'm going to beat either Stipe or Nagano. Like, it really does sound stupid. When but I I'm telling you right now, I will put nothing past Adesanya at this point. I will put nothing well, past I mean, Adesanya Especially for his ambition and his desire to keep testing himself. I mean, yeah, which is fine. And I put no fault against him wanting to fight everybody. But at some point, as the promoter, knowing... And this is the same grief I had when they first started doing two champ champs. It was like, if you're going to put one... If you're going to handicap a division and just say, sorry, uh, your champ's going to go moonlight over here. Might be a while. Sorry, fellas. Just deal with it. Right. It it, it just sucks for it's that division. It's frustrating. As a fan, I'm like, oh, my God, please, please, yes. Give me some wet naps. I'm just going <laughs> to rub one out real quick, and I'm going to watch the fight. You definitely have to drink whiskey every week from now on. I know, but I feel like my voice is starting to go out. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey. And uh, I don't know if we said uh, – I know I mentioned Jameson earlier, but Tullamore Dew is the uh, the poison that we have tonight. It was one of the cheaper ones. <laughs> But it's still tasty. That's tasty. Right? I yeah, think hey, Tomor deals okay. Hey, we got to stretch our man Jay Gajulo's money out. We don't want to just know? go. We don't wanna, If we just go top shelf, he's going to be like, guys, guys, I was trying to help you out here, and you just went and just wasted it. Oscar might be mad. I, I saw the bottle of uh, the old Proper 12. It was uh, like a couple bottles over from the old Tomor. Skipped right over it. Skipped right over it. <laughs> Skip right over. All right, so let's now, talk about this baby. Now, if Life wants to sponsor us to try some Proper 12, mm. I will gladly do a show where the whole purpose is to just drink the whole bottle. And oh, God. I, I was I was going to say that. And I was like, that would be very stupid. And talk about Connor yeah. the whole time? Just build up Connor the whole time? <laughs> By the end, I'll be like, who are we talking about? <laughs> As we finish I've the bottle. I've been, trying to, get some, I've been trying to get some of Buffer's. Buffer said he's going to uh, hook us up with oh, some. Oh, that's right. Buffer's got some. Yeah. <laughs> got to. <laughs> Every time we talk about Buffer, I just—he's—he's he's so many good stories. He's so many good stories. Classic stories. What did what did the name is? Alcohol. Puncher's Chance. Uh, I thought you were gonna say pussy when you said. 
The man is a hound. He Leave the hound. man alone. Leave mm. the man alone. Glover to share versus Tiago Ahenda Santos. I love him. He's the best, man. So hopefully he'll he hopefully he'll come through with a bottle of punch's chance. And maybe That'd be we can have cool. a have a little have a little whiskey with the buff. Fucking a. It'd be fun. All right, Glover to share versus Tiago Santos. Uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily. I can. I do feel like this lost a little bit of luster because I felt like it was a number one contender fight. It could still be a number one contender fight, um, just not next, obviously. Um, but. I don't know. Are you feeling anything on this one? I mean, uh, again, we did the virtual media day thing this week, which we both agree is not the greatest of, of all. Um, so we haven't really got to evaluate them in person. I mean, I got to think by this time, Mahetta's knees have got to be good. I mean, this this fight's been scheduled over and over, and it's been COVID delayed and COVID delayed. Um, I mean, I guess the questions would be around his health and his legs, um, but I'm assuming he's okay at this point. Uh, I, I ended up rolling uh, with Mahetta in my picks, but um, I will say this, man. I thought you were going to say you were rolling with. I was like, dude, you, when did you start oh, doing Oh, you know, we jumped in, got on the mat. I was like, bro, I, bro, I just so happen to have my gi in the yeah, trunk. I just, uh, let's, let's just do a little bit. I, I thought, to be honest with you, you felt a little rusty to me, if I'm being honest with you. Man, I was passing the guard pretty but you were easy. Taking, you, had, you, were, you were probably taking it easy I on him because of the I felt bad about him. I knew the knees. I didn't yeah. want to do too much. You know what I mean? Is that, yeah. Yeah, No, tough. definitely not. I ended up rolling it <laughs> with my picks. Uh, but I will say this, man. I feel like I've been doubting old man Glover to share a lot. I mean, Glover, for years, I felt he was one of the most underrated guys outside of the UFC. Then he came in and and had his run, and then now he's kind of old man, and uh, and I keep doubting him, but he keeps winning. What did he say? He's like, my grandpa says I'm not old. What was he? He said something along those lines, or at least that's how I interpret it, because he he said something while the uh, interview was still going today. Um, You're right. I mean, there's something, but there's something about Glover. One, I think if anybody has ever talked with Glover, uh, is probably one of the hands-down nicest individuals yes. that you will ever meet. And especially during a fight week, even when cutting weight and other stuff, he always has a smile on his face. Um, he is probably one of the funnest dudes. Uh, he, I, I, Were you in Brazil for that time that he was down there? Yes. Well, I was down there for one of the ones, and he would, I don't even think he was even fighting one. So was he, was, a guest, was he a guest fighter that time? And you know the story I'm talking – you have to know the story I'm talking we, we, we were in Brazil, and I can't remember and, – and maybe, maybe I, I – because there's been a lot of stories of Glover in Brazil. But um, I think he was a guest fighter. I don't think he was actually fighting that week. But we basically – the UFC, in order to offset the carbon cost of their event or whatever, it's kind of the whole – Yeah, I was there. We planted the, trees. Right. Planted trees. Like, yeah. But we went out there to do this like tree planting ceremony. Yeah. But Glover like helped support himself as a landscaper for years and years and years. So they basically went out there as like a photo op, right? I mean, the UFC is just like, hey, Glover, man, do you mind come out here and take? A- We're gonna plant some trees, and you just smile and be like, I'm Glover Teixeira. Right. And this dude was like, nope. Uh, let me show these people how to properly plant the tree yep. right. And he was down there, like, helping dig holes, yep. helping pack soil. He was showing, like, these kids because it was, like, a school that was involved. He was, like, yep. showing them how you properly set a tree in and how you pack the soil. And I was like, holy shit, this is yep. this is so awesome. Yeah, because I was still with the UFC for that one. Yeah. I remember shooting some stuff of that because that same trip, I think it was that same trip, he was, like, training um, – out by the beach and it was just like a cool visual so i ended up getting like footage of him just sort of training uh in between the uh the road and the beach just hitting mitts and other stuff and he was just like whatever i was like i was like hey glover i hope you don't mind i was like is this cool if i just shoot some of this for b-roll he's like yeah of course you know i mean he like he was always always gracious so when i saw this fight i mean both of these guys 
and, and that's not saying anything about like Tiago. Tiago or is a really really nice guy as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I was having the discussion with somebody earlier, and I was talking about it, now that he is talking more English. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to really start breaking out in the U.S. because his personality, even before we could actually speak the language together, you get the sense that this guy is a nice guy. Yeah. You know, he's another guy that's smiling. I mean, you see these guys and you know that they're trained killers, but when they're not in the cage, they are some of the nicest, like, fun people. And what's interesting about Tiago is like you know you knew that but you couldn't have that real heart to heart sort of and discussion. Now he's, now he's reaching out, and trying now to learn the you're English. starting to feel it because we can actually communicate. And that's no fault on him. It's because we're too lazy to learn fucking Portuguese. That's true. You know that's our fault. But the thing with uh, Glover, Glover's always had the English for so long that we've always had a connection with him. So I think we, most people have been able to make a bond with him because he's been around for so long and he's been so likable. So in that sense, you got two guys that are very very likable. One that is. One of these guys that I think a lot of guys in the sport respect that still has power, still is able to really bring it. And then you got another guy that put on this amazing show of heart and talent against one of the guys that is people consider the greatest of a time. Well done, sir. You like that? Um, Didn't take place in the Philly show. (laughs) It did not. But the way he fought through. When he showed that heart that night, we're like, Every time he took a step forward, his knee just his knee buckled. Gave up, like he couldn't just even walk forward. Him. And then it was like he could easily just stop. He could quit, but he wouldn't let himself quit. And it was like I'm getting chills thinking about because I think anybody, if you're put in that situation where you know the the, the easier way out, knowing that uh, I know it could be very upsetting and you're depressing and you're like, oh, man, I thought this was my shot, but my body's just not working. I, I guess that's it. He looked past that and was like, I'm, I don't care, body. I'm going to keep pushing through. I still believe that I can do this. And there was something so moving about this that a lot of people really were just like, wow, this guy is something. But now that you can actually talk with him about it, at least most of it that, that don't speak Portuguese, and I think as we find out more about him, I think he's ready to, to explode a little bit in the U.S. And I think the U.S., I think he still has – no pun intended. He still has legs to grow in the sense that he still has room to grow, you know. But in this fight, you're right. It's been a while since we've seen him. We don't know what's going to go on with his knees. Uh, Glover has a way. If he, if he gets in there close and he's really putting that weight on him and he's maybe pushing it to where Tiago has to kind of, you know, if they're up against the cage and there is any weakness in that knees that can be exploited, mm-hmm. that can get shown. But – more than likely, he's probably going to try to keep away and use that speed because he's very quick. He's very powerful. But with Glover, I mean, he's he's he does he doesn't have the legendary Polish power, but he still has legendary Glover power. Yes, I he mean, does. it's super super tough. But this is one of those fights that I think both of us have been have gotten in a sense close in a sense as you will with a fighter when you just interview him over the years. This is one of those fights that I, I don't take too much pleasure watching because I like both guys a lot. If I had to pick one that I like the most, sorry, Tiago, I just love Glover. Ah, he's just such a nice I mean, guy. He's, he's such a nice, nice guy. But this is another one where it's like I would feel like dog shit if if they went in there and Tiago just starched Glover just because Glover is one of these guys too that I think is just – if there's a perfect – if there's great ambassadors for the sport, Glover is one of those – 
individuals that if they had to put out and said, "All right, we're we're going to go meet a random school group, just like they did in Brazil. We're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna meet and do something with the school group. We want something that's going to represent the brand, represent MMA, and." give these kids something to walk Can't away with. with that guy. He is the dude. You know, he is the guy. So it's that's not the kind of guy you want to leave the sport, but unfortunately age and time is getting to that point, but I still think this fight both guys even though Tiago is coming back from an injury and even though Glover might be getting near the point where he needs and both of them are still fighting at a very high level. Um that I think we're going to I think we're going to have a good fight and I don't know who I've actually picked Tiago, because knowing him on his best days recently, I think he could take out most I guys. Agree. And if, but if, if his, he's not 100, percent if he's not 100, percent and he thinks that Glover's over, I don't think he would. I don't think he's ever going to look past Glover. I think he's smart enough no, I, that I he's not going to look past Glover. Because if you do, and Glover catches you, because people pound on Glover, and he's got a hell of a chin. He's got good defense. He's got good takedown defense. He has good strong skills taking you down that you have to be wary. So you almost have to be cautious of, of pushing it too hard. Um, it's I think it I think this could be good. I think we're gonna see a little bit of respect. So maybe it starts a little bit slow, but once it gets into it and they start knocking each other's head for a little bit, I think we're gonna see a really, really good fight. I don't I don't think we're gonna see a finish here. I think mm, I think it's gonna go to, I think it's gonna go decision. I think it's gonna go decision just because if Tiago doesn't get something perfect, I think he could pound on Glover, but Glover's so tough that I think he can weather then, a lot of damage until the very, very end. And Glover, I think, is more uh, threatening with the grappling game, so you have to be careful with that. And I think they're both going to be respectful of each other's power. So I think we're going to see a lot of respect yep. between these two, which along the lines which most people got maybe pissy about the Anderson and Uriah. But unfortunately, that's part of the sport. Yeah. When these guys know each other so well and they've seen so much tape, because there's just a, just a plethora of, of tape on these two individuals, they know that these guys are dangerous, so it'd be stupid to to think like, "Oh, I'm the younger guy. I'm, you know, I did much better against Jones than he did, or something." And just think that you can walk straight in and do something. It's, I think we're going to see a lot of respect. In fact, the whole first, I wouldn't be surprised if the whole first round is a lot of feeling out, and you know, with some good power shots maybe in there occasionally. But I, I just think that Glover's too tough to get uh, finished unless he's caught with something perfect. I think uh, Tiago is still too fit and too strong and a good bit younger that if Glover doesn't catch him with the perfect shot to drop him and then get on top and sort of ground and pound him to a finish, I don't. I just don't see it. I think one of them is just going to end up taking more rounds than the other one. I don't want to break down the whole card, but I'm going to run through it real quick. Andre Arlovski versus Tanner Bozer. That's your boy. Uh, yeah, Arlovski. That's my your boy, boy against man. the guy that you're l- starting to love. I, I know, know you like Tanner. I like Tanner a lot too, man. This this is tough, man. It's uh, Andre and I go way way back, and I was been yeah. covering his career for a long long time, and uh, you know it's tough because every time he goes out there, you know he's fighting somebody younger, somebody that's hungry, <laughs> you know, somebody that wants to make a name him. off of him. Um, and so, you could tell that you because you ha- Andre is one of these guys that if, if people don't know, like uh, go watch like a ton of like, if there's a media day that Andre's at, go to every media outlet and watch Andre's interview. And then you watch when John comes up. And I'm not just saying that because you work with me and then we do the podcast. 
Andre loves you, dude. <laughs> like you guys have a good connection. We've gone, we've it, gone back for a long yeah, time. Yeah, so man. like I always look forward to because I've done interviews with Andre with a different with, with different reporters and it's not the same. Yeah. Like there's a connection when you know that you've been on the scene for a long enough time and when you've interviewed somebody enough. Every time, and, and if you guys didn't know this because the camera isn't rolling, like we'll roll up to 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 set up to interview Andre, and it's like, what's up, Andre? And like. That smile, that little sort of sly little half smile when he's like, because, and it's the kind of smile that he's like, he he wants to talk shit to you. Yep. He wants to start he like, does. he wants to start teasing and do whatever. And I love it. I love it every time that I see it because it's, it's one of those playful things that makes this whole MMA bubble that we all live in so fantastic that nobody ever gets to see because a lot of that never makes it because I'm we're not recording at that point and Andre is one of the most intimidating individuals in the world especially when you watch the what he's done in 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 fighting but I think then he anybody just, but, walks but, up to him oh he's but then we just walk out and he just starts talking shit to me he just starts talking <laughs> shit and he smiles and then and then it's completely at ease like yeah. when I walk up to him with a different reporter it's different than I walk up because you look at him and you see him Smile and do this little thing. So I know that watching him for you, it's hard. It's tough because it's I know the, it's there one of the is hardest ones. And I always try to stay professional, but it's like one of the hardest ones, man. It's and, tough. And that's I, like and Derek again, Lewis you know, for me. That's it. And you know, and again with Andre, you know, he's always going against the younger, yeah, you know, hard hitting like at, at heavyweight, so you can't take a shot. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and I do like Tanner Bowser a lot, man. The whole like popping a can open with his teeth was Dude, ridiculous. Even his interviews today, I thought he was really good in his interviews of and this might sound stupid to people but repeating the question back he was giving like really mm-hmm. good thoughtful answers like this is the guy that understands that every moment that he's on the camera right now if he uses it to the best of his ability is going to do just wonders for him i thought he did i thought his at least his energy for the media day today and and some of his stuff his interactions he was setting himself up. So now all he needs to do is to perform. And like if he can do something like stunning against Andre, he's literally going to be one of these it guys. Just like everybody wanted to love Roy Nelson. Right. People loved Roy and adore Roy, but towards the end he, he, he you just weren't getting the performances that people wanted to see that would put him over the top. Tanner right now so far has been delivering that. And if he could do that against Andre, He's a superstar, but Andre is Andre. Andre is the killer of the young up and comers. He's got some tricks up his sleeve. He does. He's got some tricks up his sleeve. He does. So I I love that fight. Um, He's a fighter that I you I if I had to pick a fighter, and this is the whiskey making me talk. Definitely. If there's ever a fighter <laughs> that I would see <laughs> you probably tear up about, him and Cowboy. If I had to pick. Well, no, I know for sure because right. I know you. If there's two fighters, it's yeah. something. Even when they like they finally walk, or if something happened, those are I know those two. Those would be two that would affect you a lot. You're absolutely you're actually right for about sure. that, man. The whiskey, the sure. whiskey's got you right, man. Dude, I'm the greatest of a time right now. <laughs> <laughs> Having the greatest of a time. That's what matters, That's baby. <laughs> That's what matters. Hey, listen, I will say this. Uh, this card has some other entertaining fights on it. Uh, at strawweight, Claudia Gadelia and uh, Jan Jianan could be a, a fun fight. Uh, Brit- mm-hmm. yeah, I know fight of the night. 
Brendan Allen versus Ian Heinish, I think, could also be very good. Uh, you got Giga Chikadze in there that's going to be worth watching. Bevan Lewis versus Trevin Child. Max Griffin versus Ramiz Ramahaj. That could be a lot of fun as well. But you, know, you got Darren Elkins in here. You got Hione Barcelos. I don't mean to disrespect Kali Taha, but I think Hione Barcelos is a, is a real, real talent. And then uh, Anthony Burchek fighting his way all the way back to the UFC. Uh, guy had been on the outside for a long time uh, fighting Gustavo Lopez. So uh, cool to see him step in uh, last minute and uh, return to the UFC. The only reason I'm not breaking everything down is because we've had a lot of fun catching up with cold coffee, and I think that's what this is more about than uh, than the fight card itself. And uh, I don't know, man. I guess to, to, to kind of close things out, I guess I'm sure a lot of people just want to oh, hear. Oh, no, I need more whiskey. How you're, uh, <laughs> how you're doing, man. It's, it's been a while. Like I said, it's been seven weeks, and, and uh, we kind of joked going in about a lot's happened. Uh, people that, that, uh, that, that know um, – no, obviously you've had some great personal loss. Um, incredible response from the Ooh. MMA community and the community in general to stand up, man, and to, and to help you out, which I thought was um, which I thought was pretty damn incredible to see. Um, I know that um, you know we talk about the GoFundMe account, like financially, I know that you really needed that, but I, I I've contended to everybody that's, that uh, that I've talked to that um, as much as the finances that that helped out. I feel like just the fact that you saw the community had a lot of love for you yeah. probably meant a lot as well. And uh, I, I knew there was no way we could talk about this at the beginning of the show, but I definitely didn't want to leave without just checking in with cold coffee because I know there's a lot of people listening right now that just want to know how you're doing, man. You're like the, you're like that interview that's like knows that a fighter's like on the border of like crying. You're like, if I just ask that one question, I'm gonna push him <laughs> over the edge. <laughs> no, I don't. You know, you knew it's right there, yeah, simmering, no. simmering under. Um, well, shoot, where do I, where do I first start? Uh, when you're talking about, um, well, first the, the outpouring from the community and, uh, go ahead, you're going to get me fucking crying. <sighs> That's real life, man. That's real life. You know, <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good, dude. This is, this is some crazy shit that, that you've had to deal with, man. And, uh, I know 2020 has been a shitty year for everybody, but. Boy, 2020 sucked. Um, yeah, the the uh, <laughs> and, <sighs> this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Uh, it definitely comes in in ways, but yeah, the as for the uh, the support in the in the first sort of like day or the days after uh, when I did a post uh, and I was looking on uh, <clears throat> Facebook, a lot of it was just like. How do you occupy your mind? Because grief is just like one of those weird things that it just, uh, at some points your body just like wants to shut down. And then like breathing feels labored and all that other sort of stuff. And that's why I understand when you see like, you ever hear stories of someone who's like, oh, grandpa made it to whatever. But when grandpa passed, grandma grandma wasn't the same. And grandma's right behind because literally... You feel like your breath is like taken away, and it's like you have to find the focus to, excuse me, uh, keep pushing. And uh, so I took it upon myself. To, I was like, I, how do I just occupy my mind? Because I literally, even now, I just still sort of just feel lost and sort of swimming in my head. But afterwards, by being able to focus, I was trying to like create a photo album, which I did. Uh, and it's still like a work in progress. So it was allowed me to go back and curate 
a lot of these photos we took over the years and looking at all these things and it brought joy to revisit a lot of those moments. And uh, before I forget, I you know, I know a lot of us today, it's like the selfie world that we live in. So I encourage if you take, take a lot of photos, take a lot of photos, but mm. don't just take selfies, take photos of your loved ones, take photos of the people that you're with. Um, don't be afraid that if you're out and about and you're having fun, you know, it might feel awkward. You're like, hey, guys, wait, 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 get together, get together and take a picture. Get together, take a picture. It might feel awkward. Um, and it's different. It, I think a lot of us are like, oh, I could take a selfie. I'm just going to take a picture of myself right now in this moment. And I'll look back and I see myself in this moment. That's good and all. But when you take a picture of your friends and your loved ones, which all your friends are, if you haven't realized right now, your friends are your loved ones. So love them and mm. appreciate them. Take pictures <laughs> of that because looking back on some of those pics – it was all I could do to like focus out of grief and like be happy, like That's sort awesome. of realizing these things. So going into the support of the community, as I was dealing with this, trying to find the pictures, my head's just swimming like my, right. I've got, it's gotten better obviously, but it's still, a, it comes in waves, but the support of reading from colleagues and uh, people like the listeners People, uh, some of you that are already our patron people are already going outside of the way, and there are quite a few of you, and you know who you are, and I, I don't want to, I mean, I don't need to name you, but I love you guys. Thank you for, for doing that, but outside that, everybody that reached out, thank you very much. I love you very much for that. Um, It was it was pretty spectacular, and it got to a point where it was funny because I would be sad about uh, Heather, which is Agent H, when I first dubbed her agent h it was about the matter of like i'm not a i wasn't a big person to like just show my relationship i was like that's yeah. that's my personal life yeah this is the show this is whatever so but she loved being agent h she absolutely <laughs> loved she loved the show she loved our listeners she loved being whatever so anytime that she was agent h she got a kick out of it and then at that point i was like well agent h is gonna be here forever whatever um so by reach seeing the the There'd be moments where I was sad for that, and I was just losing it. And then I'd start getting a moment, and then I was reading the feedback from our colleagues, coworkers, listeners, people just in the sphere. And then that would overwhelm me, and then I'd cry from that. But it was a different sort of, like, <laughs> crying. It was a matter of, like, we all want to, uh, you know, feel that you've we've left a presence yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know, I think that's the that's the only part I think in life where you would feel I think lonely at the end of the end of days is will people remember you? Will people remember your mark? Did you do anything to leave something in the community or in the world? Yeah. And uh, part of the people reaching out, it wasn't about. I mean, the money, obviously the the financial support that's outside of it, but I I don't need to talk about that. But of course that was very very helpful and, and means a lot but it was the 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 love that i felt made me feel like i wasn't uh wasn't the worst individual in the world <laughs> and uh you deserve it man i mean listen I, I obviously as somebody that talked to you a lot along the way man i know how hard this is for you to talk about even now man i appreciate being honest and i'm sure I hope that somebody out there, you know, can take something from this because I know it's not easy to be, uh, 
I don't know, this open about things and, and to share your emotions in front of people. But honestly, like, as I've, as, as, as you know, man, I've tried to tell you the whole time, I was like, dude, this is, this is natural, man. This is life. Like, this is real. And, and, and man, don't feel bad. Don't feel alone. Don't feel abnormal. You know what I mean? Like, like, man, what you've been dealt with this year and and with this especially is just unbelievable. And, and, uh, man, I'm proud that you're making your way through it. And, And hopefully us being open and honest, especially you, not me, man, I'm just sitting here, but you being open and honest, like, Hopefully that can help somebody, man. I, I hope ho- ho- so. Hopefully somebody can hear it and know, like, hey, whatever you're going right. through, somebody else is going through like, something it's like a, it. It's okay to talk about it. And that's why I think I think the way that we deal with grief in, uh, uh, I guess what I would dub Western society, right. is very, very different than I think a lot of other cultures. I think a lot of what we do here is we have our we have our get-togethers and we're very somber, but people deal with grief very privately. And it's, no, 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 I don't want to talk about it. You know, this is this, and oh, we don't want to ask this person how they're doing because they're they're mourning, they're whatever, and there's nothing wrong with dealing with it right like that. But there is something special about the sharing and the and the collective understanding of grief that it is a natural part of life, and that everybody, even if without thinking that you could possibly, you don't have to think that you'll fix somebody's grief. But by being part of the grief and the healing process is almost enough. Even just the the act of talking and providing an ear or whatever. Just like people say, you can't a, a child is raised by a community. It's not just raised by a set of parents. Everybody takes upon that burden to make some some young individual become a better big individual. And it doesn't mean that the community needs to stop loving individuals once they reach adulthood. Mm-hmm. It's not like at 18 or 21 when they're able to drink and make all the bad decisions of the world <laughs> that you stop loving them. But there is something about uh, openly working your thoughts with other people. And some of the input I got, uh, some of the ideas of how people have dealt with grief really did sort of open my eyes and help me. And I got a lot of ideas and people talking about different meditations and different ways that other cultures deal with it, uh, you know, maybe differently over in Korea or in Japan or how they might do it in other religions. And me not being a set religious sort of guy, I I appreciate and like the different ways that different religions do it. And it's been interesting because I've had christians reach out to me and give me stuff and i'm like thank you very much i love it give me more give me more you know i've had other people you know in other religions and people that just you know might be more buddhist or more whatever just giving me different sort of things to think about but what i learned in the process was instead of holding everything inside and sort of working through it um, with the help of everybody sort of on the the outside has been an incredible and I, I think is it's much more healing because honestly the days when it, it like I said it comes in waves and I'm sure everybody's already down now from <laughs> the end of this so hopefully we it we'll bring a wave back up man. we'll bring a wave back end. up but uh you know uh by people reaching out uh and and helping you kind of work through it cuz it comes in waves there are the days that I I'll cry in the shower or I'll sit in the other room and my mind has been very anxious. And that's been the part that's been, if I would say to somebody that is the hardest part of what's dealing with is even you as a married man, like uh, 
Heather was like my partner and this was we had a set path and there was no set end to it. Eventually marriage maybe was in the cards, you know, um but still we had a shared path and that was the biggest hardest part is feeling that shared path go away when you know that you're comfortable in your skin like I go to work, I try to better my career. You better your job so that you can get that house, so you can maybe decide what you want to do on your vacations and your this and this. But it's not about like, oh, man, it's the end of the night. I got a paycheck. Let me go to the bar. Let me just do whatever. I got all those days out of my system. I was set. And then when you lose that grounding, that base part, then you're like, my head's been swimming. I've, I've been feeling more like anxious. I get that urge to like... Should I, should I, should I go out? Should I do something? Should I, you know, cause when you sit here in the house, the house that was our house, the house that she helped like put together, like everything right. here just reminds me of her. And, uh, there's, it's just, it's interesting, but by dealing with it, with the sort of collective like grouping, um, that's the hardest part that it has been to, to deal with is the being able to understand that while where I thought my head was going, um, is gone, but it doesn't mean that life is gone in that direction. You could still, it's just about finding your new path forward. I, I lost my footing and I've been on shaky ground, but with the right focus, my goal is to find that solid ground again, find that new path forward, um, still bringing along with me, uh, the good memories and the, and the support and with the support that's been in this community. It's so funny. I I will take it to the grave. People want to say MMA is this and that and violent sport. I would beg and say, anybody show me another sport, show me another community of random individuals that, uh, got behind and supported a stranger that they, most of you have never met. You know, those that are listening to this, you know, probably feel like we all know each other and I appreciate that because a lot of you reached out in different ways and I felt all of that and literally in moments when I felt shaky and you know want you just want to just lay down and not get up you feel the support to kind of push you forward and that's why I tell people if I would be able to tell people is like you wouldn't have that if you don't share that out there mm-hmm. if you keep grief private if you keep it whatever it's gonna i think it, it and i tell this as i try to make myself realize it's gonna get better you know if you by sharing it and reach out to people don't be afraid and don't be embarrassed because you're trying to be strong you're trying to be you macho be strong. right yeah yeah you know, i'm a man i'm you know i'm my forties. i should be able to deal with this just fine you know yeah. where's my six shooter blah 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 it's right there it is right there <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, there is something that honestly, uh, the support and the people pushing, um, one, it reiterates that, Hey, I'm as, even though I could be a dickhead, I'm not the worst person, but honestly, if you know that people out there in the world, uh, that maybe you've never met are willing to kind of get behind you and hope the best for you, you better take that opportunity to use that energy to do something positive and then pay it forward in some particular way that's awesome you know so that's that's kind of my goal i mean it's that's what it's been really about now is you know i've actually taken the focus to sort of you know try to find ways to occupy my mind obviously you know you always want to get better in your craft for work but i've always i've been uh revisiting um uh music a lot more in uh in my life music used to be before i did the whole 
video stuff and work in sports. I played in a, a, a band in town for a lot of years. I grew up uh, playing music, so I've started playing that. It's not like I would ever leave this, but there is something about uh, that's very therapeutic about um, playing music and working some of the stuff out. And I promised Heather that I was going to write her the best song in the world. <laughs> so I got some work to do. Got some work to do. I got some work to do. Um, so that's that's kind of how I'm dealing with it. But I, I do want to say, and I know I dragged this long, and if any of you guys are dealing with some shit, um, reach out to my Twitter. Um, reach out to something. If you could reach out to one of us, just talk to somebody. Don't ever feel bad about talking about your grief to somebody that maybe if you don't even know, don't feel embarrassed about it. If you do have people that are willing to listen to it, I know it might feel easier to keep it inside and you feel like you're burdening somebody else with it, but you're not burdening it. That's what, that's what mm. about having a community, about having a friends is, is about sharing the burden, sharing the load. And uh, through this whole process, the people that have kind of just came out of the woodworks, um, I can honestly say I probably wouldn't have made it without the support. Um, it's it's meant the world. And I know I, I said it, on, and if you guys probably aren't on my Facebook friends or whatever, but I said it to the people that, you know, I know we maybe have never met and we've never met in person, but um, anybody that has reached out and, and tried to support you, you are all my close friends and I love you all. And we'll get through all this shit together. And if you have if you have issues or whatever and you want to reach out, I don't use Twitter a lot. I'm not on there a lot. But if that's the only way you can get get with me, reach out and uh, talk to somebody. Because it's easy to take your mind into into dark spots when you're in grief. But um, you're better than that. And you can get through it and uh, with the right team. And so luckily that's it's kind of where my head's at. Just you know one one foot in front of the other and, and just focus on that so i know that was a long drawn out <laughs> it was well said my man it was well said. i know that so. wasn't easy to share but i know a lot of people Woo! have been asking oh, you and, got me uh, crying over here <laughs> certainly didn't want that to happen but uh a lot of people want to know how you're doing and i figure there's no better way to, to to tell it than for you to say it yourself i've been telling a lot of people i think he's doing well um but as you said it comes and goes and and i think that's as you explained very well man that's very very natural so uh, hopefully that uh, the people that, that I know a lot of the people out there because they've asked me about you that love you uh, can, can get that update and appreciate it. and maybe like I said maybe even people that, that don't know you that well that might be going something that we don't know maybe it helps them so yep. I appreciate it, it helps. I it appreciate helps. sharing that uh, no, no, no way to move past that so <laughs> we'll probably just have some whiskey and beer after that and oh we're gonna have some whiskey <laughs> <laughs> I almost stopped halfway through that I was like I need fucking whiskey like <laughs> Because, uh, but yeah, uh, and I did forget. Like, so uh, Sunday, uh, I know nobody can come, but we are going to do a celebration of life uh, of Heather. So we're actually going to get together, have some stories, have some Korean barbecue, which is a favorite of hers mm -hmm. and mine, and uh, we're going to send her off. So if you could, and, and I, I humbly uh, ask you, if you uh, if you're a religious person or whatever, uh, say say a prayer for her. That's all I can do, my man. Thank you, brother. Thanks for listening.